0: One night, a woman found her husband standing over the crib of their newborn baby. As she watched him looking down at their very first baby, she saw such wonder, such amazement, such disbelief and excitement and joy in his eyes. She was really touched. I mean, her eyes began to glisten as she slipped over next to him. And she said, a penny for your thoughts. And he said, it's just amazing. Just amazing. I just can't believe anyone could make a crib like this for $79.99. Maybe that sounds familiar to you. Maybe it's something you might catch your husband doing. Right here in the crib is one of the greatest miracles in all of God's creation. But all he could see was the crib. He couldn't see what was inside the crib. Or maybe he's not alone. We have a tendency to look at the outside. We have a tendency to see what's on the outside and what's going on outside, and sometimes we may miss what's inside, even if it may be as great, if not greater. We're starting a series this week in the, the month of October called Ghost Stories. A not-so-scary look at the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. What is it it's, it's about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is in our lives. That well, we have to look at, Francis Chan wrote a book called The Forgotten God. And in this book, he said that the Holy Spirit had been the neglected God. The Holy Spirit had been holy, for the most part, neglected in a lot of churches because it's the one doctrine that isn't really fully formed sometimes. And when, when you look across churches, sometimes we tend to be afraid of the Spirit. We tend to be afraid of, of what the Spirit might do and we we start to ask these questions, and the first question we have to ask in any series on the Holy Spirit is, "Who is the Holy Spirit?" God. Uh, Jesus. I know that. God is Holy Spirit we Well, at least we know our kids are being taught the right thing, right? I mean, every one of them can give me the right answer. Um, I agonized on how to do this first sermon. Uh, how in the world do you begin to tackle the question, "Who is the Holy Spirit?" Because there are so many facets. And so many directions that you can come from. So many things that, that, that need to be said. Uh, you know, he is the third person of the Trinity. Uh, he, he is co-equal with the Father and with the Son. And it's not an "it." We have a tendency to call the Holy Spirit an "it," But the Holy Spirit isn't an yet. The Holy Spirit is a he. Yeah, some, some commentaries we even call the Holy Spirit a she. It was the feminine form, the feminine side of God. The Holy Spirit brings these things together. And there's this idea of a relationship there. Part of what we have to understand as we start tapping the Holy Spirit is there is that relationship. One of the best commentaries I ever read on the Holy Spirit talked about it as a holy dance between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And as in any dance... One person is the center for a moment, but then it moves back. And without the other person, the dance doesn't have the same meaning. And so these three are intertwined in this relationship and this holy dance. And after much prayer and thought, I turn to a very familiar chapter in the Bible uh, for our introduction to the Spirit. It is one that we know at least one verse out of, uh, but it is a very important chapter in the book of John. And there in John chapter 3 we find the story of Nicodemus. It says there in verse 1, There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But how can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked him. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can these things be, asked Nicodemus? Are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Jesus replied. I assure you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you, we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as the vessel of the words that I speak to yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we ask all these things. In the name of your son Jesus and for his sake and all God's people say. The Holy Spirit as we begin is the most mysterious person of the Trinity. He is the one that we know the least about. What I mean here isn't that we can't know him. It's just that we sometimes can't define him. We have a hard time pinning down exactly who he is. There is this air of of misunderstanding as to who the Holy Spirit is. That The Hebrew word uh, is ruach. That The Greek word here used in John is pneuma for the Spirit. Um, In that word, if we even think of things like pneumatic tools or pneumonia means wind or air. And so it isn't a a coincidence that Jesus describes the Spirit or talking about the Spirit that wind or air. There's something about the nature of wind that is common with the Spirit. There are many things actually that that happen here. One of the first happens way back over in Genesis chapter 2. Because there in Genesis chapter 2 it said that that God formed the man out of the dust of the ground and what he breathed into his life the breath of life. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living being. There the wind is the breath of God. When Jesus later on is is commissioning the disciples, he breathes on them. It says, receive the Spirit. There's that idea of breath again. This idea that the wind will come and the wind will go, but we really don't know where it comes from. You know, if we walk outside and the wind's blowing from the west, we know it's blowing from the west, but I don't really know where from the west. Where do you define west as? I mean, how far has it been blowing? We don't know some of these things. There's this unknowability. To the, to the Holy Spirit. Almost every commentary says the Spirit's hard to nail down. There are things that I can know, there are things that I can describe, there are things that, that I can grasp, but there are other things that simply can't be defined in logical terms. It reminds me of a man who was walking on a beach and he looks up to God and he says, God, I want one wish. The sky opens up and light shines down, and, and, and God says, Okay. What's your wish? He said, I want to go to Hawaii, but I don't want to fly. Can you build me a bridge, God? And God gives these excuses. That's a long bridge. It'll get in the way of shipping lanes. It'll throw the tides off. It'll do all these different things with these excuses. He said, just choose something else. And the man says, well, God, if I can't have a bridge to Hawaii, I just want to understand. Called, he was the expert. If there was a trial going on, and they were going to talk about the Spirit of God. They're calling Nicodemus and putting him on the stand because he knows it all. But when he comes and Jesus says this to him, he is completely blown away. He says, What you? No, know? surely, surely you can't mean that I'm going to go back into my mom's belly and be born again. This doesn't make any sense. We don't we don't grasp this. And so the teachers of the law weren't getting this. So there wasn't that relationship there. They didn't understand it yet. Because at that point, the Spirit wasn't here for everybody all the time. At that point, the Spirit came and it went. So why is it important for us to study the Spirit? Well, for one thing, as we learn here, the Holy Spirit is the giver of new life. The Holy Spirit brings new life. Born of water and the Spirit. He says, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We take nothing else from this sermon. We have to remember that Jesus died to offer us eternal life. But the Holy Spirit is the one who brings eternal life. Jesus gave us the sacrifice on the cross and the Holy Spirit comes to give us that gift. The Holy Spirit has handed us the gift that Jesus worked for and paid for. When we thank God for our salvation, we also have to thank the Spirit for His work. Because it's not just Father and Jesus who did this. It's Father, Son, and Spirit. Because the Spirit is actively at work. The Spirit is actively doing something. So how does he bring new life? The Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity who indwells each believer. We sing a song. It's one of my favorite songs in the world. It's since Jesus came into my heart. It's a great song. Technically, it's wrong Because Jesus doesn't come into my heart as Jesus Jesus changes our heart Jesus opens our heart and the spirit enters our heart So why are we sing this? Well the kids talked about it a while ago, right? The Spirit and the Son are one Jesus said I and the Father are one. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. The same holds true for Jesus and the Spirit. So when the Spirit my heart, Jesus is sitting beside the Father, beside the throne, preparing a place for me, getting ready for me, getting ready to take me where he is. That's what Jesus is. But the Spirit, the Spirit's here. The Spirit has has, has come into me. The Spirit lives within us empowering us to live godly lives. Carrie, when we first started dating, got mad at me all the time. Go figure, you know. But it was because of worship and how Payne pain child <laughs> got mad at me all the time because we would go to worship. And back then there was a very popular song that was being sung. And I wouldn't get up and sing it. She didn't understand. It's a catchy song. I mean, I like the beat. I mean, it's, it's good. But the words were bring it on down. Bring it on down. Lord, let your Holy Ghost come on there And I thought, um, he walked in the door with me. He lives in me, and you're telling me he lives in you. Why am I trying to call him now? I, I don't understand. And so there was a disconnect for me. And Carrie would be like, it's just a song! And I'm like, it's just where I'm at right now. Because the Spirit indwells. That's what That's what Jesus says over in John 14, right? Over in John 14, promises us the spirit. And there in verses 15 through 18 he says if you love me you will keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor that will be with you forever. He's the spirit of truth. The world is not able to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him but because you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you I will not leave you as orphans I am coming to you I will send you something else the spirit will be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Word, the world, they can't, they can't touch you. They can't receive you because they don't know him. You know, it's funny. When people look at us in the church and think, to comfort us, to counsel us, to guide us. He's that still small voice. He's what stops to us and says things to us and takes us to the, the hard time. He's that encourager over in Acts 9 where it says they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit and added to their numbers daily. And he does all of this because of his nature as the indwelling person of the Trinity. This is eternal life. That God has taken up residence within you. As the Holy Spirit. That's eternal life. That's what it means. Because something changes. Because honestly the Holy Spirit. Is the power of God. Jesus came. And he walked the earth. To be a vessel. Of weakness. To go to the cross. He could have, as the psalm says, he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have said, Daddy, I ain't going to do this no more. He could have said, I'm not going to go through this. Jesus could have done that. But he came to look weak to the world as he hung on the cross so that people who believed in him could get the power of God indwelt inside of him. That's why he did it. Throughout scripture, The power of God has been the Holy Spirit. Over in Genesis chapter 1. The kids have been looking at Genesis chapter 1 on Wednesday nights. So over in Genesis chapter 1, what does it say? It says in the beginning was God. And it talks about what? That the Spirit was there hovering over the face of the deep. The Spirit was there. The Spirit was the active force in creation. The Spirit was moving and doing. And all the things that need to happen. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Throughout Scripture, we find the same thing over and over and over again. Samson, what happens? The Spirit comes upon him. And what can he do? Amazing things. He takes a donkey's jawbone and takes out Lots and lots and lots of people. And in his final act, he's leaned against the post and he calls upon the God that he's always served and sends him the Spirit and he pulls down the entire Colosseum on top of him and everybody else around him. The Spirit took Ezekiel out to the Valley of the Bones. The Spirit came and talked to all the prophets and gave them the Word of God. The Spirit showed up all these different times. It says over in in the book of Luke that the Spirit overshadowed Mary. And when the Spirit of God overshadowed Mary, she became with child. And Jesus was then incarnated. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. And it's through that that we can do all things. When, When Paul says over in his letters that I can do all things through Christ, it's through the Spirit. It's through the indwelling person of the Spirit who has come to, to do what he needs to do. Because that's what God does. The person of the Spirit empowers believers. It's funny because we, we spend a lot of time thinking that. Thinking of reasons why we can't do what God wants us to God, I, I just, I just couldn't knock on their door. God, I just, I just couldn't share that. <laughs> Remember my first sermon, first sermon I ever preached. I got saved when I was fifteen in November. In February, I surrendered to the ministry, and uh, began talking with my youth leader and my pastor, and then. Around about April or May, my pastor was was going to be gone on a Wednesday night, and he had a Wednesday night class. I was 16 years old, and there wasn't a person in that class under the age of 65, <laughs> um, including the former pastor's wife, who he had been pastor at that church for 35 years, and she'd adopted me and told me how I remember, reminded her of Roland, and, and I remember getting up there, and I had the greatest notes in the world. My computer just died. I don't have notes anymore. They're gone. I had notes that night. 45 minutes. Is what I spoke that night. Shaking like a leaf. Not knowing how it was going. And afterwards I remember Miss Earl walking up to me and she said. "Rowland's first sermon wasn't 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it was left. I never thought that I could do that that night. But the Spirit gave you power. The Holy Spirit empowers us to do what we're supposed to do. The Holy Spirit will empower you to do the things that you think you can't do. Because there are times where you're going to go, no, I can't, no, I can't do that. And the Spirit's going to say, Yeah, you can. <laughs> Just do it. Just step out and do it. And it may be the scariest thing you've ever done. But the benefits are amazing. Sometimes following God feels like the platform at what used to be Lockheed Recreation Area, General Dynamics, GDRA back when I was, you know. Here we go off the platform. I remember doing that first time. I climbed up to that platform and I walked out and I looked off and I thought, And I looked at that ladder and I wasn't going to climb down it either so I knew I had to step out. It's a step of faith. And sometimes you're looking and you're going, God, I, I, I don't know that I can do it but what God is saying is I've given you the power. And if I have told you to do this, it's going to happen. Abraham was taking his son to the mountain because God told him to he looked at his his men and he said we'll be back Abraham knew somehow in his faith that they would be back That even if God had to resurrect Isaac from the dead, they were both going to be back. And so when God empowers us with the Spirit and tells us to move forward, we take the step. Because even if He has to make the way, even if He has to put a step there, even if He has to catch us or send a dinosaur to grab us, I don't know, He's going to do it. Because that's what it means for God to empower us to do what He's called us to do. The Holy Spirit is the power of God in the life of the believer. You know, as we start this series, we're, we're going to look at the Spirit and how the Spirit moves and reacts and, and what our relationship to Him should be. Because so often, we're estranged. We know He's there, but we don't talk about Him. He's, he's the weird uncle that shows up at Christmas that we don't want to talk about and talk to. But it needs to be a daily part. Because when we start acting and reacting in the Spirit... That's when our life changes. Maybe this morning maybe you're going okay, I'm here for the ride and I hope we go where we need to go but you're starting to sound a little Pentecostal to me. Well, I'm a gospel. It's okay. (laughs) We're not going to go too far. We're going to go where the Bible says to go. Maybe this morning you want to pray the altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to Maybe you want to start a missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus. Maybe you've always been on the outside looking in and you've always been going, I don't get all this stuff. I come to church because I was told to go to church, but I don't get it. Maybe the day the Spirit's saying to you, come on down. I want to be a part. I want to indwell. I want to be in you alive. Now's the time. Now's the time to come and be saved because as, as we're told in John 3, what? No one goes into heaven unless they're born of water and the Spirit. I want to know Jesus? Now's the time to come down and suffer the trial and know Jesus, and we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, wherever you're needed, give Him you pray to me. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you we praise you for your blessings.